Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Lift every voice and sing till earth and It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and The New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right. So today, you know, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency. We want to talk about that. You know, guns. The, the theme of this session, the Texas legislature session for 2019 is going to be guns and weed. That's right. We need to decriminalize. We need to legalize marijuana. That would help a lot of people in this country. Uh, we don't have any issues when it comes to alcohol or anything like that. So actually, ha- alcohol is a little more more harsh, right, Felicia? You know, but you know, we need to we need to definitely think about legalizing and decriminalizing marijuana, and then also we need to stop attacking the Second Amendment as well. And also, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency. We want to talk about that. But you know what? We haven't seen for quite a while. In a few weeks, we have not seen Janai. <laughs> Janai, what's Hello. going on? What's been happening with you, Janai? Not too much. Just trying to gather my thoughts and organize my life after my long year that I had. <laughs> you know, I thought about you last night, Janai, because I went out last night to uh, True Lux, uh, True Lux restaurant. Oh, downtown. Yeah. Yeah. No, not the one downtown, oh, okay. the one on um, up north in the Arboretum. Okay. Yeah, so I went right to, by my house. Yeah, I went to True Lux, and I figured, you know, True Lux, you know, we're going to have a nice little dinner. You know, I work hard all day, you know, and I figured, you know what, let's, you know, let's chill out and have a couple of drinks and, you know, and, and some food at True Lux. So we walk in, we go in, and there's a, a few minute wait, not too long, but we decided, you know what, let's just sit at the bar. So we get to sit at the bar. We told the uh, the person at the front desk, we'll go ahead and sit at the bar. We go in, we have a seat at the bar, and we sit there, we order our drinks, we take a look at the menu, we got ready to order some food on the menu, then the manager comes over. The manager mm-hmm. comes over and says, uh, excuse me, uh, I'm the manager of True Lux, and you need to remove your hat to the person that I was with. And so, yeah, and the way and the manner in which it was done, I really didn't like it because one, uh, because the person I was with uh, wears a hat for a particular reason, uh, for like health reasons. So, you know, and to ask someone to tell someone in that manner after they've already sat down to remove the hat, I actually was kind of offended by that. You know, it kind of bothered me a little bit. So, you know, I don't think they're they're kind of uh, I don't think they're friendly when it comes to cancer patients or people that have, you know, have some type of medical uh, condition 
and choose to wear a hat, you know, after they build up that courage to come out to the yeah. public, you know, and, and I, th- I thought that was really rude. And so I, I don't think I'm ever going to go back there ever again, you know, yeah. but, you know, and that made me that, that kind of made me think about you a little bit, you know, in your situation. Um, so, you know, what's been going on with you? Um, I mean, really, I've just uh, not a whole lot, which is good. I've just been trying to process everything that happened and I'm want and think about how I want to carry out my life from, you know, this point. It, it was life changing what happened to me. So I want and tell to, everyone exactly what happened to you, because some people don't know. OK, um, so in I after multiple uh episodes of pain whatnot i was um i found myself getting operated on and having ovarian cancer in both my ovaries so and then they subsequently removed my ovaries and uterus appendix lymph nodes and omentum i ended up only being stage one which is a miracle and not needing any chemotherapy which again was a miracle because as i try to let people know many women die from ovarian cancer uh, 78, it's one in 78 women will be diagnosed and the numbers are 22,000 annually and 14,000 of those will die mm. because it's often caught at stage three and four. And if you don't get it, if it's not caught in time, you typically don't live more than five years. Because oh, wow. It's, it's just very deadly. So. And, and that's, a, that's a lot to go through. That's a lot to go through. You know, I my grandmother, you know, died of uh, breast cancer. Um, and I've had some other family members die of breast cancer or die of cancer. And, you know, and that tells me that I need to get checked out also yeah. when you have family members that, you know, are affected by that. So, you know, and it just that's why, you know, I was, yesterday I was thinking about you and I'm sitting there at the restaurant and I'm thinking, man, you know, it's not me. You know, it's it's somebody else. And it's not a racial issue. You know, it has it has nothing to do with race, but just, you know, the fact that you walk into a place, you know, you sit down, you eat. You find that coverage, you know, that courage to come out. You know, I'm going to go out into the public and sit down and eat. Yeah. You cover your head. You know, maybe, you've, you know, you know, and it just to ask that person to remove that hat. I thought that was just very demeaning. You know, it, for yeah, that's, that's terrible. You never know what someone's going through. And that's one of the things that this has taught me. You, you never really know what someone's going through. So I've 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 gained I've gained many things actually from it. As traumatizing as it was, I've gained an appreciation and an empathy for people that I, I I can't say I didn't have empathy, but it's certainly increased because I, I now I whenever someone is not polite or whenever someone is not acting in a way that I, you know, am enjoying or that I'm uh getting a good experience from, I don't jump the gun and get upset anymore. I, I sit there and I say, you know what, I don't know what they're going through. Right. They could be going through something really difficult. Right. And so it's it's really changed me a lot in many good ways. Um, now, you know, have you changed, you know, your, your future plans? I have. I'm going to be making many, many big changes this year. Many. And um, I'm not wanting to elaborate too much on those right now, but... Uh, you know, during the time that I had my surgery, um, I had to wait about three weeks before mm. I knew what stage I was. Okay. And during that time, I didn't know if I was living or dying, literally, because I didn't know if I was stage one, two, three, or four. Wow. And so it really forced me to really take a hard look at where I wanted to go in the future and how I wanted to live my life. And 
subsequently, I'm going to be making some very big changes this year. You're probably going to want to love yourself a little more and spend more time with you. Yeah. Enjoying you. Satisfying Mm -hmm. you. I bet. I bet that's what it is. You just don't want to say. I know. I can tell. I can look at it. I can see it on your face. You just want to enjoy you and, and, and say, you know what? I've been working really hard. I'll go ahead and say it for you. Been working really hard, you know, put all this work in, business and all this stuff. I'm a, you know, a, a single woman working hard. My business is doing great. You know what? I need to start enjoying me, loving me, spending time for me and doing the things that I love. Let's I bet just you say that's I want to find more ways to give back. Okay. Oh, I didn't think about that. Okay, we have to talk about that down the road. All right, so we're we're you know what we're gonna have some cryptocurrency people on the show today. We we need to talk Bitcoin. We need to talk Litecoin. We need to find out what the future is for cryptocurrency. I know Zach is excited about that. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, we need to find out what's going on with cryptocurrency. I need to know. You know, I met someone named Johnny Litecoin. He's called Johnny Litecoin. Could you imagine that? You know, he's, he's like the Litecoin evangelist. I mean, he is the key to like praising the Lord and pass the Bitcoin. Praise the Lord and pass Litecoin. Pass the Litecoin. Pass the Litecoin. That's what I'm talking about. And also, uh, Nick, he's with uh, Hold Fuel, and we're going to, uh, I'm sorry, Hoddle Fuel, and we're going to talk with them uh, when we come back from the break. We're talking cryptocurrency. We're talking about, you know, Sometimes you, you see people, they're going through something in their life. You just got to say, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, maybe you should greet them at the door, you know, before they sit down, you know, find out what's going on. And, and, and I think things will be a little better. We need to spend 2019 being a little nicer to each other. You're not sure about what people are going through, what, what trials and tribulations they're, you know, that they're experiencing in their life. And we need to be a lot nicer to people. This is Michael Cargill and you. Are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct Three County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Talk thirteen seventy. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so right. We're, we're back and we're talking about, you know, and Felicia's just giving me the riot act right now. She's like saying, Michael, you don't care about property rights. You don't care about owner rights. What were you saying, Felicia? Go ahead, give me the riot act. <laughs> give it to me, Felicia. I'm just saying, Michael, I've known you a long time. And you Get a little close to the mic. You are just always like Second Amendment. Yeah, but it seems like in your conservative efforts, you waver a little bit on property rights. True Lux has every right to have you adhere to address Okay. True Lux has every right to have you adhere to a dress code. Yes. You have every right as a consumer to go somewhere else. Absolutely. Should they have told you earlier in the process, hey, we have a dress code you have to stick to? Yeah, probably. But it was a Saturday night. They were busy. They have a lot of things going on. They may not always enforce the dress code. Each manager may have a different thing. But it's a private enterprise. They have a dress code if you want to go there, adhere to it. If you don't want to go to a place that has a dress code, Texas Roadhouse is two minutes from and see, here's the that thing. true Lux location. I agree with you 100%. But the, my problem is... Can I get what, that in writing? Yes. I. <laughs> yes, get it in writing. I agree with... It is 420 p. It's 420. <laughs> it's 420, Felicia. That means nothing to me. It's, it is 420 on a Sunday, January the 6th, 2019. 
And I agree with Felicia uh, that, yes, they have a right to property rights. But my problem is when I walk in and I'm greeted by the person at the desk and then I, you know, we put our name on a list to sit down the table and then we say, you know what, we're not going to take the table. We're actually going to sit at the bar. When I, you know, when I go through that process, I sit at the bar and then I order my drinks. The, the bartender waits on me. We get our drinks. We get some water and some other drinks and we start ordering food. And then after that, the manager comes over and says, hey, you know, then that's when that's addressed. And then the manner in which it was addressed, I was upset about how it was done and how late in the process. Mm-hmm. By that time, I've already sat down. I've I passed by several employees and no one said anything at all. So that I had a problem with. And it wasn't me. I don't wear a hat. That's just not it's not me, but it was someone big. else. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) I don't disagree with you at all in that aspect. But just like you say that we can't legislate crazy, we can't make make people not be jerks. No, no, we we can't can't make people happy. I I just think we need to be a little nicer to people, you know. And like I said, it's not a race issue or anything like that. So I know someone's going to come up with that issue down the road, but it has nothing to do with race or or anything like that. It's just the fact that you know we need to be nicer to each other. I think. I right. just got to school you and make sure that you're adhering to all conservative policies. All right, then sit over there and be quiet now for the rest of the show. <laughs> That's not going to Yeah, apply. be a conservative robot, Mike. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You don't have to be a robot. You can be a conservative Adhere and have conversations. Adhere to all conservative policies. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want him to ever look like a hypocrite. You all right, know? so let me bring into the conversation. We have, uh, I have uh, Nicholas, I'm going to call him Nick. Nick, he's with uh, Fuel. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to say this wrong uh, because... Uh, we went to a, a little restaurant. We had brunch Don't earlier today. Don't look at me. I'm fine. And it was all Felicia's fault. Uh, it's Huddle Fuel, and we're going to talk <laughs> cryptocurrency now. Let's change gears. Nick, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hey, thank you for having me on. Outstanding, Nick. So, Nick, you know, welcome to Austin, Texas, you know, the Lone Star State. You know, we're, you know, we're, you know, we're the home of Central Texas Gunworks, which is the first gun store in the country to accept Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum for gun sales. So, I mean, Nick, what do you think about that? I think that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, so, Nick, you know, how did you get involved in cryptocurrency? Uh, you know, it's actually a podcast. I, I still listen to the uh, Survival Podcast with Jack Spirico. Um, long story short, he always kind of talked about, uh, you know, cryptocurrency in some of his episodes. So I ended up getting into Bitcoin a couple years ago, and it's uh, been addicted ever since. So. And then the name of your company is called what? Hoddle Fuel. Hoddle Fuel. You had it right. Okay. And what exactly is that? So uh, are you talking to about the Hoddle part? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, so Hoddle, I, it was something on the Internet a few years back where someone – had misspelled the word hold uh, in <laughs> reference to cryptocurrency, and it just sort of became a thing. Uh, you know, now it kind of stands for hold on for dear life, <laughs> and I guess that kind of refers to the uh, crazy volatility right now in cryptocurrency, although it's getting a little better, I think. But uh, I'm sure you can speak to what I'm uh, talking about. So. Oh, sure, absolutely. And, and you know what? And let me bring into the con- conversation Johnny Litecoin, and I, I, I like that name, Johnny Litecoin. I like the fact that he's a Litecoin evangelist. You know, it, it brings the, uh, you know, just like praise the Lord, pass the Litecoin feeling to it. Johnny Litecoin, uh, welcome to come and talk, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Hey, Johnny, how did you come up with that name, Johnny Litecoin? You know, I just really um, was into Litecoin. I'm a um, one of the owners of a payments company, 
and Litecoin was kind of the payments coin, and um, it was kind of the crypto that I most identified with. And uh, when I went on to Twitter and I said, I'm going to kind of, you know, promote myself to the crypto public, I said, what better name than Johnny Litecoin to use? So uh, nice. that's kind of how I came up with it. All right. So uh, tell me a little bit about your background and how did you, I mean, how did you get involved in, in cryptocurrency? Sure, sure. So I'm, um, I've been in the credit card processing business for a while. Man, we like you already. And the the problems of the current system led me to cryptocurrency. I kept seeing, uh, you know, merchants getting taken advantage of, businesses getting fraud, money held, and uh, I kind of felt bad that I had like no other answer for people. I was setting them up with payments. You know, I was the go-to guy. And I, you know, if they they had fraud on a credit card, I really had no answer for them. I was like, yeah, sorry, that's kind of like how the system is. So when I really understood Bitcoin and Litecoin and that, you know, there's no central authority, the payments cannot be stopped, it was like this light bulb just went off in my head of excitement. And actually, I, I ran around my office telling everybody um, that we were out of business. <laughs> they were going out of business, going out of business. I said, you know, not just yet, but in the future, I said, this thing's going uh, to take us out. So that's kind of how I began, just by needing a better form of payment for my customers. All right. And then Nick with Hotofuel. Uh, Nick, tell me, what do you think is the future of cryptocurrency? What's the future of Bitcoin? Because Bitcoin's like, it, it seems like it's, it's gone up. It seems like it peaked, now it's dropped down, and people are kind of unsure and kind of afraid. What, what are your thoughts? Well, with concern to Bitcoin, I mean, I, I definitely think it's going to be the future. It's really hard to say right now how things are going to pan out, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now. But I absolutely agree that, that cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Litecoin, are going to be the future of payments. Um, when you look at it, it just makes so much sense, you know, when you compare it to fiat systems like the U.S. dollar, that are, you know, sort of, they have a lot of issues. Um, and I think Bitcoin and Litecoin and, and certain other cryptos just, they really fill a gap where there's a need and they're efficient. They're not prone to, uh, you know, some of the manipulations of, of fiat currencies and so, sort of the faults of those. So, yeah, I really think it's going to be uh, the future of money, in my opinion. So, All right, Johnny Litecoin, you know, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I'm right with, uh, right with Nick on that, that it's going to be the future of money. Um, as far as price goes, I anticipate we're going to get a few more major bull runs like we had last year. You think it's going to so you think it's going to go up again? Yeah, yeah, definitely going to go up again. I, I'm predicting three major run-ups in price like we saw last year. You think in 2019? No, over the next five year, like over the next like five year time frame, I'm predicting that we're going to have three more run ups like that. Okay, um, and you know, I definitely think we'll go higher than that in price, um, much much higher. But um, there'll be a lot of opportunity for people as investors, you know, to get in, make some money. Um, but you know, my main concern, like I said, is for payment. So I'm really looking forward to where this is kind of used by the mainstream. As a currency, because then that brings that gives great freedom to everybody. So I really feel like we're in like a we're at like a crossroads right now of uh, freedom and what's going to kind of take over. And um, I tell you what, you know, it, it, 
it, it really opens the door for someone to come out with uh, several products uh, that businesses can use, you know, especially like a business like mine, a gun store. You know, we're FFL dealer, a federal firearms licensed dealer, and we can't use services like BitPay, you know, who actually has a, you know, they have a great platform, but we can't use it. So, you know, we have to, you know, figure things out for ourselves and, and do it the old fashioned way, which is send me an email, send me a screenshot, you know, be really nice. If I can get someone to come out with a product out there that is, you know, friendly to the Second Amendment community, which I'm shocked, by the way, I'm shocked by the fact that companies like BitPay and other companies that are out there, who this is this is cryptocurrency. This is all about the, you know, living the libertarian lifestyle. And I'm shocked the fact that they will not allow a gun store, an FFL dealer to use their product. The, the reason I would I would think that they have those issues I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a bit pay on their end. They would right. probably want to process the transaction. And I'll tell you what, Johnny Litecoin, I'm going to have you answer that question on the other side of the break there. You know, because we're talking Sounds about good. cryptocurrency. We're talking about Litecoin, talking about Bitcoin, talking about the ups and the downs. And we're also talking about guns. This session, 2019 in Texas, is all about guns and weed. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. This is for that little child with no father. For that man that doesn't have a place to stay Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we're talking about cryptocurrency. We're talking about Bitcoin and Litecoin. Donald says bartering is the way to go. Uh, Jay says lead is better than gold. Donald also says I just invest in beans, water and lead. And then he says, you know, he heard it on J.B. Wells last night on that that radio show. Um, But you know what? Something just disturbed me, you know, and I just saw this video that Zach sent me. And it's a video of a, a sheriff's deputy that shot a little chihuahua dog. What is up with that? Yeah, it wasn't even being aggressive. It was just barking just like all chihuahuas do. Like, that was just, that was wild to me. You know, I'm sitting there watching this video and I'm thinking, okay, um, I'm, I'm expecting this big dog, you know, uh, to attack him. It's a little chihuahua, like a little chihuahua mutt mixed dog. He actually shot it. Yeah, and this sheriff's deputy is a canine handler as well. Oh, wow. I, I just don't. I don't get that, you know, man. Oh, that just it that, survived. It had a broken oh, did jaw it really? from the bullet. Oh wow, I'm surprised it survived. That's that's crazy. That's just wild to me. All right, so we're talking about cryptocurrency and Johnny Litecoin. He was talking to us about cryptocurrency. Litecoin, Johnny. Hey, so yeah, so we were addressing um, BitPay and how they have a good platform, but they um, they're kind of restrictive on certain industries and business types. Correct, and. The reason that, that that is, it's because of the bank behind the scenes. That's yep. the one that's converting the money. Okay. They're the ones that are pulling the string. So I want to get this message out to your viewers. Cause banks never have the public interest at heart. So they're only about themselves. Wow. They're not about people's rights. They're not about freedom. And I see that firsthand being a, a merchant credit card processor, um, how bad they can be. So that's the reason. So 
ultimately the Bitcoin and Litecoin networks themselves, there's no censoring. So sometimes if the business um, isn't getting, you know, fair treatment by the more mainstream processors, you do got to just operate more with the decentralized apps and And products, but um, more of them are coming out, which is, which is great. So it's making it easier and easier every day for people to process payments. Yeah, because the one thing, you know, about a gun store is when you walk into a gun store, whether you're buying the gun online or you're buying it inside the store, you still have to get a FBI background check in order to take possession of it. So, like, you walk into the gun store, you're going to fill out a form. Uh, They're going to call in a background check before you can go out with that gun. If you buy it online, then the gun has to be shipped to a gun store, you know, and... You still have to walk in and do a background check before you take possession of it. That's the one product, the one item that you're getting the FBI background check. And, folks, we all know the FBI knows everything about you. They know where everything's hidden. You know, all the little magazines that you don't want someone to know about, they know where those are hidden. So, you know, that's the one item that you're getting the FBI background check to take possession of. So there should be no reason why any company would be would not be willing to allow FFL dealers to use their product. It, it's really crazy, but again, it all goes back to banks and institutions, unfortunately, don't have the public um, interest at heart. That's why I'm so so adamant about Bitcoin and Litecoin for freedom. Um, yes. I want to be seen as a guy that my loyalty is to the Bitcoin and Litecoin networks themselves. Yes. Now, I have the, I have the payment processing background. I can help set up all these centralized solutions for people, but ultimately I like to hear out the situation and offer the best product possible. Nice. And the cool thing with me is that I'm like a actual guy that people can call on the phone and talk to and email back and forth with. So right. that's kind of my, um, my, you know, doings in, in this whole thing. And Nick and Nick, what's your take on that? Nick with hollow fuel. Yeah, I think uh, I think Johnny's right. I think, you know, one thing we have to remember, too, is we're still really early in the game right now. Like, you know, you were the first gun shop I was able to find that actually accepted cryptocurrency. I went and talked to a few the other day, and, um, you know, some people heard, have heard of it and some haven't. So it's, it's important to remember that we're very early in the game still, and that I think, you know, this year and going forward, there's going to be some major improvements and developments, um, especially with concern to you know, payment processing platforms and that sort of thing. So I think the options are going to really open up in the future. Oh, yeah. And the I, more that we can get out there and talk about it, the so better. I, so I think it'd be better, you know, for more gun stores to be able to, you know, to start accepting it. And I think, Johnny, you're actually, and Nick, you guys are both actively working on this, trying to get even more gun stores, you know, up to date when it comes to And it, you know, and it actually is kind of hard because whether you know it or not, some gun stores are still dealing with fax machines. They're faxing things back and forth. Some of them are not, you know, uh, up to date when it comes to sending an email. Don't email me, fax me. And so, you know, they're still behind on the times when it comes to technology. But there are other gun stores out there that are, hey, they're ready for this technology. Let's do this. You know, and they're ready to be educated. 100%. I, uh, I walked into one the other day and, you know, they had kind of heard of it, but they're like, how does it work? So, you know, I pulled up my coffee website and we actually bought a bag of coffee for the owner and paid with Litecoin. And he was like, oh, that's it's that simple. That's awesome. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, go ahead, Johnny Litecoin. A cool thing is going to be, too, which I'm really looking forward to, 
is when we don't have to convert back into U.S. dollar. Like I'm trying to put together a whole network of vendors that and businesses and companies that accept cryptos for payment. So you can just stay in crypto and turn around and spend it on items that you actually need. So like, like, like Nick just said, he sells coffee. I sell paper for, um, for restaurant point of sale systems, credit card machines, and you can pay in Litecoin or Bitcoin. So we're just, you know, and there's tons of companies out there that we're bringing on board that are accepting Litecoin and Bitcoin. So the idea is that we just need to present it to the public so they know, hey, these are my go-to vendors I can shop from. And the coolest thing is most of these um, people that accept Litecoin and Bitcoin for payment, they actually give you a discount if you pay that way, or they'll, they'll kind of give you better treatment. So I urge everybody that's kind of in this ecosystem to try to spend the Litecoin or Bitcoin with other vendors just to kind of grow our ecosystem. And ultimately, the less we need to convert to U.S. dollar, the more power that gives us as the people, and it takes the power away from the banks. They have the power when we're going back into dollar and the money's getting, you know, getting funded to a centralized bank account. And Danny Sessoms, he's the uh, the host of the Crypto Show, says crypto is the First Amendment of finance. Uh, have you guys ever met Danny Sessoms before? I've never met him in person, but I've uh, I, I know of him. Yeah, that that's a that's a cool line. I like that. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Uh, so you know, so we're thinking, Zach. You know, chime in in here, Zach. You know, you tell me, Zach. What do you think the future is of a uh, cryptocurrency? And there are other coins out there. Yeah, there are a lot of coins. There are thousands of coins. Uh, some do well, some fail. Most are decentralized. Some are actually centralized, like Ripple. It's uh, you know a coin by the banks. That one seems to be doing pretty well. I'm not a big fan of centralized cryptocurrency myself, though. Why? Um, because it's just another tool of the bank. And that's going against the whole concept of this decentralized cryptocurrency. Like, what do you think about that Johnny Litecoin? Uh, um, I 100% agree. Um, the decentralized cryptos are where it's at. You don't want anybody to be able to stop the payment ever and censor you. So, I mean, Bitcoin and Litecoin. Bitcoin is the most decentralized, and then Litecoin is number two uh, as far as being decentralized goes. So it's, it's very important because it just gives the power totally back to the individual. All right. Nothing like power to the people. So uh, going off on a little tangent, thinking into the future here, uh, are you familiar with quantum computing? Yeah, yep. So uh, basically when, you're, when we're creating these coins, uh, it's, a, it's a really complicated, for those people that don't know uh, a lot about Bitcoin, it's basically you solve a math problem with the computer, this really, really difficult math problem, and your reward for the solution of this problem, for you finding it, is you get some portion of Bitcoin. And my question my uh, fear or worry is in the future when some corporation creates a quantum computer, these computers will be exponentially more powerful than any computer that we know of today. And theoretically, they could just instantly mine the rest of the Bitcoin. 
Ladies and gentlemen, not only is he a pretty face with a tight body, he's got a mind that's on that shoulders. Let me tell you. You know what I'm saying? He's got a mind on those shoulders. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> Ladies, look out. I'm telling you, pretty face, tight body, and he's got a brain. Go ahead, Johnny. Go, uh, actually, let's go back to Nick. Nick, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that, Nick? Oh boy, that is uh, that is way outside of my lane to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I'm I'm not a tech guy. Uh, I would I would like to imagine that as technology, you know, gets better uh, with time, that you know these these decentralized currencies and networks can grow with it. But I, I can't really speak to uh, that level. Go ahead, Johnny. So um, I don't. Um, that's not a fear of mine because basically right now Bitcoin is the most secure network in the world that we have out of, out of anything. So it, if and when that quantum computer becomes available, it'll kind of take everything else out first before it takes out Bitcoin. And I've spoken to some of the, of the top developers. Um, Charlie's one of them, Charlie Lee, who created Litecoin. And they're pretty confident that if that ever is an issue, they can tweak the code and do, like, um, do kind of like a fork and you know where that where you know the quantum computing won't affect the actual network itself. So I think these guys are almost stay one step ahead. So again, that's not a fear of mine because if and when that is available, it'll take everything else out. I mean, you know these banking um, systems are so centralized. I mean they they can just take those out one two three. So I would be more concerned about everything else in society before I was worried about Bitcoin itself. But yeah, quantum, quantum computing should be kind of a, a concern for everybody just as far as general life goes. All right. So Danny Sesum says, if you're attacking uh, financing quantum computing, why would you go after the small fry of cryptocurrency when you could just go after the bank? Uh, so we're talking about cryptocurrency. We're talking about Litecoin. Uh, man, we're talking about a lot. And we come back, you know, hang on in there, Elizabeth. We, she has a question about a lawsuit. So we're going to talk about that and some other things. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we're back and we're talking about cryptocurrency. We're talking about Bitcoin and Litecoin. Uh, let's go back to uh, Johnny there, Johnny Litecoin line two. And I know I got someone, hold, some some people holding on, hanging there with me. We're going to come back to you. Uh, our call-in number, by the way, is 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Definitely call, call in and, and come and talk it with us a little bit. All right, so Johnny Litecoin, what's in it for the future? What events are coming up? You know, what do people need to look for? Uh, and then how can they find you? Sure. So I would say um, tell, everybody should look for online businesses to accept Bitcoin and Litecoin first. That's mm. really important to know. 
people ask me, hey, Johnny, when am I going to be able to buy my coffee with Litecoin? Mm. And, or when, I, when can I go to Walmart and use Litecoin? I always tell them, look for Walmart online first to take it because this stuff was designed for online payments. Mm. So, again, I, let's go back to these banks, these bad guys. They control everything at a retail in-store level. They control the point-of-sale systems. They control the credit card processing equipment. So they are not going to lay down and make it easy for us. So the online platforms, it's ready to go right now. I mean, it's very easy to integrate a Litecoin and Bitcoin payment button into a website. It's a smooth process. It works good. So I would say look for that this year. Um, look for Wall Street to kind of enter the game. Uh, as we saw last year, they're getting backed ready. Um, NASDAQ's getting ready um, with a trading platform. Fidelity's getting ready. So look for those guys to enter um, the crypto game. And uh, again, not that we should be too concerned with what they're doing, but that will drive the price up, I feel, and make it, you know, make it where if we're investing in this, we could have a chance to make a nice profit. So just kind of keep your eyes on that, but lots of good stuff to come for adoption. Everything's being built out great. Lightning Network, which I don't know if your audience knows about that at all. Lightning Network is like a second layer solution that's built on top of Bitcoin and Litecoin. A lot of big investors in the Lightning Network. And that's going to really, down the line, scale Bitcoin and Litecoin to the masses where it's going to be used by everybody. So just look for more building this year, more products to come out. I would say the prices are kind of low right now. So look for prices to keep creeping up. And uh, I'm excited. If anybody has any questions at all and wants to take this for payment or is, you know, is curious about how it works, they can find me on Twitter at Johnny Litecoin, J-O-N-N-Y, the word Litecoin. And, um, yeah, hit me up. I'm very friendly. I'm happy to help everybody, and uh, I'll even jump on a phone and talk with you if um, if that's needed to help help talk everybody through it. So, right, and that's you said J O N N Y Litecoin on Twitter. Exactly. No H in there. I got the H hidden. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> I tell you what, Johnny Litecoin. I'm going to talk with you offline down the road because we need to get that uh, payment processor going, and we need to make it a little easier to buy some guns. Absolutely. I'd love, love to make it happen for you. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for coming on the show today. Hey, Nick. Nick, so Nick, you know, tell us, you know, how can we reach you and what, what events are coming up in the future? So uh, my big focus this year, being an avid, you know, kind of gun guy, Second Amendment guy, freedom guy, uh, this year I'm going to really focus on getting the shooting community, gun stores, outdoor folks uh, into, you know, sort of integrating with the cryptocurrency world. I think that message kind of goes really well in both those worlds. Uh, as far as an event coming up, actually, I would love to invite you and your listeners and your customers. There's going to be an event in April just outside of Texas. I'm sorry, just outside of Austin, Texas. And if you go to wildwestcryptoshow.com and you hit events, it's going to be, uh, it's called the Bitcoin Ben Largest Crypto Meetup. So what that's going to be is a whole bunch of, businesses and folks in the crypto community are going to be getting together and uh rumor has it this might go in the guinness book of world records for a uh, Hold crypto on, you meetup. say you say that's going to be in texas right 
Yes, sir. In April. Be, that's right. If it's going to be in the in the Guinness Books of World Records, it's got to be in Texas. Absolutely. <laughs> go big or go home, right? <laughs> that's right. Go big or go home. Nothing like the Lone Star State. So if we're going to break some records, we're going to break it in Texas. And what's the date of that again? So that's going to be April 6th, and you can get the information at wildwestcryptoshow.com. All right, man, I tell you what, thank you, Nick. And how can people find you on Twitter? Okay, so I'm at HODLFUEL, so H-O-D-L-F-U-E-L. And my website, uh, if you guys are into coffee at all and you want to buy it with Bitcoin or Litecoin, is HODLFUEL.com. All right, man, I tell you what, thank you, Nick, at HODLFUEL.com. Thank you, Johnny Litecoin. Appreciate you guys coming on today. All right. And so now let me go to line three, Elizabeth. And keep in mind, our call-in number is 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. So, Elizabeth, what you got for me? Hi, Michael. This is Elizabeth Smith with External Affairs. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing this fine Sunday? And it's all clearing up for us. The sun is coming out. It's beautiful outside. Hi, Zach. Hey, what's up? Yeah, he's just not he's not a just a pretty face, no with a hot body. He's got a nice <laughs> mind there going on with the two on them shoulders. There you go. So um we've been deconstructing this uh indefinite suspension memo for Jason Dusterhoff, and I think the Chronicle got it right with um their article that's titled, Well, That Got Dark. <laughs> oh man, it got dark real quick. Yeah, you did. So the just just quickly, the, the few things that that um, jump out to us on page four of the memo. And just remember, so we're we, really shocked. We, 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 yeah. we, we got so a religious, is, a religious audience also. So let's, we got to keep it PG. I gotcha. So what, what I was very surprised to see on page four is um, evidence that really what ended up happening at the gentleman's club. Never should have happened. It looks like, and APD uh, terms this an outcry, um, that Jane Doe 1 actually started to reach out to who was then Assistant Chief Dixon. He left about a week after that, and he's now the Chief of Police in Denton, Texas. Mm. But she started to reach out to him, um, it, this says, on August 12th and 13th. So the incident at the Gentleman's Club was the 24th, and I'm wondering why wasn't he on restricted duty at home back on the 12th? Mm. Of what month is that? Of August. Wow. Man, so the 24th is the incident at the Gentleman's Club. Sounds like somebody may want to subpoena uh, Chief Dixon over there at, uh, at North <clears throat> Texas. I'm, I'm thinking so. Um the other thing that is just unconscionable to me is that he deleted information from his cell phone. Mm. He was already under investigation, page 11 of the termination memo. And for those that um, don't know, uh, Elizabeth is talking about uh, Commander Dusterhoff. He was the uh, commander with the Austin Police Department who was put on, I guess, uh, really – just permanently, permanent leave is what they're calling it. I think they call it indefinite, indefinite suspension. suspension. Okay, yeah, that's that's the official term for fired. Oh, okay. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay, right. So he, um, they describe that he was just confused. 
he was deleting information off his phone because he thought that the officers who were executing a search warrant at his home mm-hmm. were there because of the other investigation that he was under at the time for overtime sheets and uh, sick time usage. Oh, so, you're, so what you're saying is he's like, oh, wait, hold on. You're here to investigate me for something. Oh, wait, no, you're not here to investigate me for that. You're here to investigate me for something else. <laughs> right. And so, you know, um, and then and then he so he does he deletes information that APD says is valuable, important, necessary information. Mm. He deletes that. Um, for some reason, they called him and told him there was a search warrant. He shows up an hour and 17 minutes later, and he actually left that cell phone at his ex-wife's house. She mm. lives about a mile away. Oh, wow. So I'm just confused. That's why I wanted to ask about the suit because he has deleted this information on page 12. The mm-hmm. conclusion of APD right. says his admission that he purposefully left his cell phone at his ex-wife's home mm. under the reasonable belief that the phone was likely the target of the search warrant. Mm. So I'm I'm just confused. So he deletes information that is pertinent to an investigation uh-huh. and then he's suing you uh-huh. and saying there's no evidence. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, I tell you, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. And they're just going to have to really do some soul searching and, 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 and back down a little bit. Cause they're, I don't think they, they know what they're up against. Well, we will continue deconstructing this memo, and we will continue to sort through the information that's coming to us by current officers, former officers, and officers' wives, and and we will get to the bottom. And thank you, Elizabeth, for calling in and giving us that update on what's going on with the Commander Dusterhoff. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out there and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Keep your change. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.